Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted change maker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hey, hey, welcome back. I am so excited to introduce all of you beautiful listeners to two amazing, incredible human beings, Josh and Matt. Woo! Josh Hainem, Matthew Clark. <laughs> These guys are the founders of Interact, the best quiz hosting platform on the planet, if I do say so myself. Their journey into the world of online quizzes started when they were in college, living off ramen and chips ahoy, diet of champions. And today they have built an incredibly successful, fully bootstrapped SaaS company that in the last year alone has helped thousands of entrepreneurs in every niche under the sun generate collectively over 19 million leads. Whoa. Whoa. The best part is that at the heart of everything they do is this drive to bring more of the human experience into marketing with an emphasis on empathy and conversation and I think I speak for both of us, Dawn, when I say we are so grateful that we get to work with Josh and Matt and the entire brilliant crew at Interact, and we're just so beyond excited to share their wisdom with you. Yeah, so excited, so fun. Thank you for being here, guys. I like don't know if we're allowed to say this on the podcast or if we're allowed to have favorite clients, but if we were, it would definitely for me be you guys. So I love all of y'all, but yeah, working with you guys over the last couple of years has been some of the most fun job stuff I've done in my life. So welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thanks for having us. That was an incredible intro. We have a lot to live up to. Yeah, no. um, I feel like Josh, it's going to go downhill yeah, from wow. here. No. So, <laughs> yeah. Let's just stop it there. I think that's good. Yeah, the flattery was on point. Let's <laughs> let's exit early. That All was right. perfect. Go out on and top. And it's a wrap. All right. Sweet. Go and good read stuff. a quiz about Gen Z lingo. Right. Yep. Our oh, job. yeah. But seriously, you guys, we're all quiz nerds here. A rare thing. So I want to dig into a question that we ask all our guests so we can know just a bit more about both of you, who you are, how you operate. So are there any personality assessments in particular? And we can even veer into the world of like astrology, human design, if you're into that, or we can look at like Enneagram, DISC, Myers-Briggs, like 
any of those that gave you deeper insight into your own strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Josh, you can go. You go first. Well, we've been doing the Strengths Finder, which is kind of a personality test, I guess, <laughs> with our coach we have like a business coach that we meet with together and individually so that's like a big part of our stuff that we can talk about later but yeah that one's been really interesting because we're like opposite on most things so we do it together we both take it and then we figure out how we work as like co-founders of a company and then lists like your top 32 traits and then the top five are like i don't know your best ones or something and ours are like pretty much flipped so that's yeah. really fascinating. Pretty um, much in all personality tests, we are yeah. complete opposites. Yeah. yeah. I had a feeling that that would be the case. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, we've been doing this for so freaking long, like taking these personality tests. We did Myers-Briggs in like 2014, 15. We did Enneagram in like 16, 17. Then we did something called the parent in like 18, 19. And now we're doing strength finders. Mm. So we've done all of them and we've pretty much delved into like every aspect of our humanity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> overkill. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think nothing's yeah. really that crazy standing out. Like, what do you think, Matt? Yeah. I think what it all boils down to with all of those tests is that Josh tends to be, and I want to speak for you, Josh, but I will in this case. Go for it. He, yeah, you you tend to be a visionary, like vision forward thinking, striving to be like better, striving to get better, like growing. And he's very, he's very that visionary leader personality. Whereas I'm the one that's more the realistic worrier <laughs> who sits here trying to figure out all the details of how to get things done. And I get hung up on worrying about things along the way. And so in all those, we tend to test like completely opposites. However, I think the thing we actually have in common most of the time, Josh, is like the creative kind of entrepreneurial drive, like wanting to be creative and try new things and not be like, not wanting to be put in a box and just be limited to what we can do. And so with those different aspects, like you can kind of see how it's worked out so far with us working together for the past, oh my gosh decade, I guess. <laughs> a long time. Our um, entire adult life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working literally our entire adulthood um, together. And I think that's kind of why it's been a good symbiotic relationship, a good yin and yang type type deal. Yeah. That's I don't so know neat. if you feel the same way, Josh. <laughs> no. I wait until now to tell you that. This <laughs> podcast is the other people are around. It's over. I love that. Oh, yeah, um, exactly. yeah, I love that you guys can like fill each other's gaps in. But like as someone who works with you regularly, you're both like super approachable and really very kind when people make very large mistakes. Not that I might have ever done that. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah. we'll talk about that later because that was a really like amazing experience for me, actually. And I think like one thing that surprised me, Matt, when I interviewed you last year, that 
I would have expected a little bit more from Josh was that like you were like a theater nerd and prom king. <laughs> Sorry to out you on the yeah. internet. Uh, it's out there now. It's out there. Oh no. I'm going to do it as many times as I can, <laughs> just so you know. Um, and I loved that story so much because you play like, you know, you're like, chief technical officer and you kind of you kind of like play it off like more of a nerd but I feel like when I learned that about you I'm like oh he's actually quite extroverted and like maybe still nerdy I mean we're wearing glasses right um and like probably you're an Enneagram five is that right could I guess that six yeah I don't know much about six Six so what is yeah what is six yeah six is kind of like uh I, I call it the worrier So it's kind of like when you are faced with um, a situation, you're constantly thinking about all the things that can go wrong in that situation. And in order to prepare yourself for those challenges that you're going to face. So when I think about this podcast, for example, um, by the way, this is also my first time ever on a like guesting on someone's podcast. So uh, yeah, it's my first time. Yeah. So I'm, I am nervous. Um, yeah. When I think about this podcast, for example, I'll say, okay, what if I can't think of the right thing to say? What if um, there's awkward silence? What if this, but this is all before anything's even happened. And so that's where my mind goes in those situations to prepare myself for the worst case scenario. And that's kind of how I take on new things, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's, those are the negative sides of it, but in the positive sides, I'm pretty calm, like under pressure when things go wrong, I'm kind of good because I've already thought through everything that can go wrong so yeah you've been there yeah I've been there done that so it's not it's um yeah it's pretty interesting but to touch on what you were saying yeah I people think I'm not approachable or like not able to talk because I'm like technical guy this company I code and like yeah, not too many people know that I do have a theater background, if you can't tell by my hand motions and my <laughs> theatrics online. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things, because we we usually get together at least like once a year, just to like a founder's retreat kind of thing. And what year was that, 2019 or 18? We like went to a winery and we're just chatting and we realized that like, probably the only overlap in our personality is that we both can just sit down and chat with any random person for mm-hmm. like a long time. Mm-hmm. And so that is very unique about Matt and how he shows up as CTO. And people are always surprised about that. That's cool. And you created a company and a software that allows other people to connect and converse with random strangers yet to be friends all over the internet. So that's really neat, actually. Yeah, I think that is a really interesting connection. Like Josh said, we do kind of have a knack for just really enjoying talking to people and just meeting people. And then even if it on the surface might look like we have nothing in common whatsoever with them and they're completely different from us, have different interests, we do, Josh and I both try to find that commonality between us and them and can always latch onto something and carry on a conversation about it for a while. Mm. And so, like you're saying, it is a kind of a perfect segue into uh, quizzes and like personalizing conversations online and wanting to take that experience onto people's websites and their businesses' websites and to uh, get to know people that way. So... Yeah, it is kind of, I've never really thought about that, to be honest. You're, you're the first one pointing that out. 
There you go. That's that's new positioning strategy for your <laughs> <Yes>. about page. <laughs> yeah, and none of that was on purpose. I mean, we didn't intend to do that. Which I don't know. That's one of those like universe things where it's like you know you don't intend to do something, but then because it's already like part of who you are, then it just ends up mm-hmm. happening. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably part of it. Yeah, that's really interesting. When I think back to my first experience in the world of quizzes, it was like as a young girl, I loved going to the store and my mom would give me like 10 bucks and I would buy like a Tiger Beat. Do you guys remember Tiger Beat? It was like a terrible magazine for teens. Like you get, you get, oh, it was girls, right? That makes sense because you'd get like a center fold that was a poster of like NSYNC or, or <laughs> Backstreet Boys. And I would get that magazine and I would get a Sprite and barbecue corn chips and I would go home and I would like do the quiz was the first thing I would do. And then later on, my mom would take us, she would take us to the bookstore and like buy whatever books you want. That was like a spe- our special treat. And I would get these like assessment books where you'd like, would like journal and answer questions about yourself and it's so weird that there are these ties from you know just the core of who you are that you can carry over into your career yeah I feel like that stuff ends up coming out and I think it's part of why like you know I mentioned we do all the stuff with our coach and like I'm going to speak for Matt now and (laughs) return the favor. We both take it really seriously working on our like internal worlds and our emotional worlds and relational stuff like within ourselves, because the stuff does end up coming out. And I think especially when you're building anything that is like your own and because we're also bootstrapped and, I mean, like you guys also do your own thing. So it's really, it is whatever you make it. And I think inevitably, whatever's inside ends up coming to the outside. And so we Mm. spend a ton of time working on the inside and then basically hope that that translates back to some level of good things happening on the outside. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to think when we did these personality assessments or any quizzes when you were younger, you know, in those magazines, I used to think, oh, you take them and you learn something about yourself. Cool. And then it's like, I know myself a little bit better, right? But then to actually take that and be like, oh, I'm learning something about myself so that I can become a better person so that I can evolve in my career so that I can be a better leader. And when you start like taking that other step, that's when it can get really, really interesting and more difficult, but really interesting. I love this because on this podcast, we speak about this a lot. And then I think a little plug for the Interact Quiz community, because we have the Quiz Collective as well. And we notice and speak about it in there too. So much of like an entrepreneur's life is like their, like so much of their business depends on or uh, brings out kind of like the stuff about them that does need work. Like uh, even with like Chantel and I, we'll both like, cause we're good, good friends and we work together every day. And it's like, we get to work on our shit together, both mm-hmm. as friends and in business on the regular. And it's like doing that work that makes being friends and business so much better. 
I also think like, if you don't do it, <laughs> you know, that like story, like the universe is going to whisper and whisper and whisper until it like hits you over the head with a brick or something. I feel like when we're entrepreneurs and actually like in the public eye, that can be like compounded as well. So yeah. yeah. And it brings up a lot of stuff. I mean, it reflects back to you, right? The things that you're most scared of inside, because then you start to see it show up in your business. And it's like, oh, we're struggling in this area. What does that mean about me and my right. struggles? And then you're like, oh, shoot, I've always struggled with that area. And then you start to, you know, get down on yourself. And I think, you know, we see that a lot, but also like totally have a lot of those experiences on our end too, where it's just like, you don't deal with that stuff. It's going to deal with you. Mm. <laughs> That's what our coach is always saying. It's like, you can deal with it now, or you can wait for it to deal with you. And it's a lot more enjoyable if you deal with it now, because you don't know when it's going to come up and when it's going to, you know, the brick is going to hit you in the head. <laughs> yeah. And an important aspect of what you said, Don, was you were able to work through it together with Shanti and like had someone else. Right. And so similarly, you know, Josh and I have had someone else and um, it is hard being alone and doing it and to have someone else reflecting things back to you or giving you motivation or, you know, appreciation or also calling you out on your stuff. Sometimes when you're like, you know, having that accountability aspect of it, all that stuff was extremely helpful and has, um, yeah, really, really helped us out, I think, and, and has reflected in our business. Um, so that's pretty cool. Love it. So for Shanti, it seems like based on her like teen days, just like loving those assessments and stuff, like she was going to end up the quiz queen, whether or not she wants to wear the crown on the regular or not. <laughs> and I don't want to give away your story, but you guys kind of had a different way of falling into quizzes, right? Even though it makes sense that you'd want to like be part of this movement to humanize business, especially online business. Do you mind like telling us a bit about the early days and what you were trying to do and, and how interact came to be? Yeah. Should I <laughs> I feel like if this is Matt's first podcast, I've done like several hundred. So I'm going to find a way to make this different than the other ways that we tell the story. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we were 19 when we first, no, we were 18 when we met over an Eminem song. What? So, uh, Which song? <laughs> Okay, lose, lose, lose yourself. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Lose yourself. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're like driving to this like weekend getaway thing because mm -hmm. we were both part of the same group. And then that song came on and we both were singing the words. And then yeah. that that's where it started. So, yeah. And that's <laughs> where we first like met, met, but it really wasn't until like later where we actually met and became friends. And then we reflected back and we were like, Hey, didn't we like drive together to that thing right. and listen and like rap to Eminem? And it was like, yeah, that was me. And it was like, nice. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't talk for like a year after that um, yeah. until we were part of like a smaller group together. And then we like kind of became friends. I feel like we chatted a little bit. We were just like part of the group. And then, so I had started companies in high school so I had already been doing the entrepreneur thing for like three or four years when I got to college, but then I wanted to switch and get into software because I grew up in a uh, farm country. I didn't even know what software was or 
all the internet things. I thought it was super fascinating in college. So I joined this uh, like weekend hackathon thing. And then I like pitched an idea, but, and like people voted on it and whatever you had to get voted to get in. They voted for my idea, but then I didn't have anyone to like build it. So I only knew one engineer and it was Matt. So I called Matt (laughs) and I don't think I had ever talked to you before that. I don't know how I had your number. I just called you. I was like, yo, you want to do this thing? And you're like, sure. So (laughs) we did that. We built out, uh, that app do you want to tell them what the app was called yeah the app was called get yoked get stoked um it was a fitness app um a social fitness app to help people like you know be socially like in touch when you go to the gym and personal trainers get to meet people looking for personal trainers it was fantastic but all about just getting yoked and being stoked about getting yoked (laughs) Yes. Uh, so we worked on that for like a weekend and nothing worked. It was just like a screenshot of some biceps on a, like a phone mock-up. Yeah. Um, um, I'll cut in here. I, he asked me to help him build a website over a weekend. And the secret was I had never built a website in my life. And I was a computer science student, but we don't learn how to build websites that early on. And so I was like, I don't know how to build a website, Josh, but I will definitely come hang out with you for the weekend and just hang out and eat free pizza and just have a good time. And so like Josh is saying, after a full 48 hours at this competition, we ended up with just a Photoshopped image of a landing screen of an app with a muscular arm as the logo saying, get yoked, get stoned. So then we had to pitch this thing for like, five minutes maybe maybe it was three minutes i think we had to pitch it for three minutes we had nothing to pitch so we turned on that song duck sauce the one that says like barbara streisand and you like i don't know how the rest of it goes for the first 90 seconds we just danced around the stage for full 90 seconds (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what we pitched at. We just had like a small amount of things to say about the actual app. I think I'm sure there was a part of it where like I would say get yoked and then you guys would say get stoked. There was a call and response section, if I'm not mistaken. Uh get yoked, crowd says get stoked, but no one would do it except us. It was fantastic. It was a lot oh of fun. <laughs> so, pretty much uh Killed it, like super good at business stuff. Um, <laughs> From the get-go, so, absolutely. Yeah, and we landed a incredible. $50 million dollar investment. <laughs> 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 I wish okay. <laughs> okay, so first of all, Shondi and I had to mute because we were laughing so hard we were crying, and I was thinking that might happen. Actually, I didn't know I was going to cry. Second of all, we're working with an app that's just like that right now with a really big client, so that's hilarious. Third, I think we should launch this in 2023. <laughs> I think there's room for it, and we probably already have a quiz template ready. So <laughs> it's coming wow. back. <laughs> I am funny so part <laughs> about how ridiculous this idea was was that as insane as it was, I was reaching out to like professional athletes because the whole premise was someone creates a workout program 
like who's an actual athlete. And then anybody can get that program and use it for themselves. And at the time, nothing like that existed and people were responding. I had like workout programs from baseball players and football players and all this kind of stuff. And so in retrospect, we were like, dang, we should have stuck with that one. Cause now there's like Peloton and all these other things that are actually doing that. From the, from the makers of Try Interact, who is hosting Get Yoked and Get Stoked. <laughs> I can exactly. just see it. Oh my God. I mean, you guys are still like, yeah. you're so young that like there could be a number of different careers that branch off of this career, right? So, all I'm saying I mean, is yeah. let's reserve some of the dev team for a little while, <laughs> Q4 next year. I, I think it's worth a shot. I mean, <laughs> we do make a point of bringing it up whenever we talk to people, just in the you know off chance that one day it will come back. It will yep. and be revived. Uh, yeah. We're just putting oh it out God. there. Just putting <laughs> it out there. Colonel, Colonel Sanders didn't start KFC until he was 50. There's time. There's still there's still hope for get (laughs) yoked. Yeah. Still there's still hope. Thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah. So I guess after that, um nothing really happened, shockingly. No one wanted to invest in our get yoked idea. So we didn't really do anything. And then we still wanted to work on stuff. So we started just picking up random clients and doing web design work. Yeah, I would like ride my longboard to go visit clients and then hide the longboard in the bushes to look professional. And we would go in and pitch client services, making websites and all that kind of stuff. So we did that for like a year before we finally had the idea to do the quiz. Um, And that kind of just like came about fairly serendipitously. We had like worked on other projects that didn't work out. One of them involved a quiz that we built custom and then that didn't work out. So we shut that down and then we were in a hot tub in the Bay area with our third co-founder, Ethan, who we unfortunately, well, it's not bad. He just would, we didn't need a designer after like two years. So he went and did other projects, but we were sitting in a hot tub and Ethan was like, why don't we make a platform for making quizzes instead of just making one at a time? And Matt and I were like, that's stupid. Also, we have no idea how to do that. So that was like in May or something. And then school let out in June and we had nothing to do. And so Matt went to Hawaii and built a first version of the website where you could build a quiz. And then we made Interact. That was the beginning of it. Oh, so you had a client and they wanted a quiz specifically. So you created it and Ethan was yeah. like, guys, come on, let's, let's go big. And, and that was, that was the beginnings. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of like the dreamer. And I think Matt and I were both kind of like, that seems really hard. And also like <laughs> there's at the time there was nothing that existed for that. There was no like quiz builders. Like the idea of doing a quiz was super random off the wall. So we weren't even sure like that was a decent idea. And then we did actually, after we built it, we like started pitching it and stuff. And the feedback was super negative. I don't even know if you remember Matt, but like we had this mentor who was a really cool guy and he would like always, he had this like warehouse that was kind of like 
Willy Wonka. And he had like all these like contraptions and stuff. And he was like our mentor. And he like straight up told us, he was like, I don't know if you guys should work on this quiz thing. It doesn't seem like you really care that much about it. So very little momentum yeah. at the beginning. That was, I do remember that. I remember it was a time when, when you thought the word quiz, you really only thought of like quizzes in school or like quizzes in other aspects that had nothing to do with like lead generation or traffic or anything like that. Like no one was really thinking of it in that way. So that was a big barrier when we started was because we were getting that type of feedback and everyone was confused of why would I want a quiz that kind of bummed us out. I think in the beginning we were like, Oh, there's nothing here. And then when we had other people say, nah, it doesn't seem like that interesting or that you guys are that into it. Then yeah, it was just toppled on top of each other. A pretty, pretty like rough start. I think like of really getting into it. And it, I don't know, Josh, I think for us, it was the more we heard that, I think it turned into a challenge almost <laughs> of like, we've seen it work and we know that it works, but we're getting all this feedback that no one understands it and there's not a market for it. That's a challenge. Like, I think there's something we can do here to improve and grow on because there's an untapped potential there. And so that kind of shifted it for us in a sense, I think. Yeah. I think that's like another aspect that we share is this idea of like, tell us we can't do something, then kind of want to do it more. And mm -hmm. that, that was very much the case in the beginning. It was like, this isn't going to work. I mean, other people too, like not to going to name drop anybody, but like we like would pitch this and, you know, do showcases and things like that. And across the board founders, even in like tangential industries or the same industry would be like, eh, there's no market for this. Like, you know, we've seen this before. It's not a big deal. So I think, I think that did kind of drive us to be like, well, we've seen it work. So we'll just, we'll just figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was like a few years of that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was weird. It was really weird. I mean, we started it right. And then pretty early on people did come and sign up like one of the early ones was red lobster and they like matt and i were working in an apartment because we graduated school so we graduated school we moved up to the bay area lived in an apartment worked all the time we and we and were roommates for a little bit we were roommates, that stage. yeah oh. yeah and it like crashed everything and it was incredibly popular but then it would be like, then no one would come and sign up for like the next six days. So it was just really strange. Like some people were interested when they did do it, it worked incredibly well. And then there was crickets and you couldn't sell the thing for the life of you. Like you could offer to build the quiz, implement the quiz, do the follow-up sequences, do the website promotion, write the ads, give them the software for free. And people would be like, eh, not interested. So wow. that was like three years of that where you would just offer to give everything away for free and like show the results and nothing. There's no interest. So it was, it was very, very slow. That brings up a question that I had actually, which was like, so did you choose bootstrap or did the bootstrap life choose you? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a really good question. I think it started with us doing it out of necessity. Like we were in college just wanting to make money 
And so we weren't even thinking about raising money. We were just like, oh, how do I get a, a few hundred bucks so I can like pay rent and then like keep living my independent life type thing. But I think early on though, we really liked the idea of doing it ourselves and having full control ourselves and growing in a way that was just kept up with our, our learning pace. I think like along the way, I mean, we were just out straight out of college. Like we knew nothing. Like we, and we still, I still tell people, I still don't know anything. I try to find people and hire people who know way more than I do because I don't know anything. And I think through that process, it's allowed us to grow in a way that's been a lot more um, organic to us learning and feeling more comfortable in our roles and learning what our roles are and building a team from scratch and all these things that would have been totally different in companies where you raise money straight off the bat and grow a huge team. And we always said, if we had money, we wouldn't even really know what to do with it. Um, that was the key. It was kind of like when you're struggling in the beginning, you don't even know if there's a market out there. You don't even know if there's customers out there that want to buy your thing. So we really had to prove it to ourselves and everyone else who told us we can't, that there was a market out there and that there this was a tool that could work. And there was people who wanted to buy it. And so... I think I think from early on it was it was kind of a um, something that we wanted full control of, and we had taken some business classes together actually in school and different things where they would always talk about raising money and all that stuff. And there always seemed to be like they were like you have to listen to a board and you have to do this, and they always made it seem like negative or like bad. Not all of it is, but yeah, that was kind of gave us another like, oh yeah, we want control. We want to be able to build whatever we want and pivot to whatever we want as we see fit. We love that creative control. And so that, that was big for us in the, in the beginning, I think, in deciding to just organically grow it. Yeah. And on the other side too, I had been exposed to quite a lot of startups that had raised huge amounts of money. And I mm -hmm. saw what they had to do in terms of like hitting revenue targets and the way that they treated people. Like I was on the receiving end of that. I saw other people on the receiving end of that. It was just like everyone kind of passed the buck. Like no one wanted to take responsibility for how people were being treated within the company and also their customers. It was all just like in service of this greater goal of like grow as fast as possible, get the next round of funding. And mm. that kind of set a really negative kind of perception in, in my mind of how it is. And I think there's, I have a much more open perspective on it now. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with funding or not funding. It really depends on like right. the needs of the company and that kind of stuff. But also to Matt's point, like, and the business classes, like we hated doing the logistical stuff. Oh, hated. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't turn projects in on time. We were on the same team for like the classes and we would miss deadlines and get in trouble by our professors. It's like we were not the best students in those classes doing like the businessy stuff, as I call it, um, and the logistics. And so that was also a hint that maybe... Uh, that wasn't the route for us. But yeah. to your point, Josh, there is this aspect of being like extremely profit driven in that environment when you have to answer to um, investors and people like that. 
And the way Josh and I have always thought about it is not necessarily being fully profit driven, but being people driven and customer driven. And then if we do that and stay true to that, then the profits will follow and the success will follow and everyone will succeed together. And that's really been the mentality we've taken from early on. Although it took us some years to like sort through others. Like, why do I feel this way? Like we said, personal development is good and healthy. And so to be like, oh yeah, you know, we really care about people. We don't really care about, okay, how can I sell this for the cheapest to get the most amount of profits to pocket it? Which sometimes in those environments too, I know that turned us off as well. Now that I'm remembering, it was like very profit driven metrics to grow your business. And so, yeah, the other way just seemed more natural for us, I think. Mm. Thank you. And look at you now. Mm -hmm. It worked out. That's for sure. And I'm curious if you hold a memory around when that turning point occurred where you were kind of like floundering and like, ah, is this really going to work? And then suddenly you realize like, yeah, it's going to work. It's working. We're all in. I mean, what initially comes to mind for me is, uh, gosh, I don't even know what year this was anymore, 17 or 18. So a few years ago, I had pushed extremely hard to make this work. And initially in the setup of our company, Matt and I were co-founders, but I had the CEO role and he was on the engineering side, but not the CTO. So everything was on my shoulders for the most part. And I did have that drive to make it work. Even if we hadn't taken the funding, there was still this element of like having to prove that it would work. So that was taken to a massive extreme. Like it was probably 2017. Now that I think about it, we were like on the brink of going under. We had so much debt, like insane amount of debt it was not good debt. It was like payday loan debt. And there was like a lien on the company and me as a person, <clears throat> a bunch of personal loans, credit card debt, all of that stuff, like probably $150,000 at a time when we were making like 50,000 a month. So super not great. And if Annie's listening to this, which hopefully she doesn't, she could freak out. <laughs> now she's much better at managing our finances than I was. Um, but yeah, I uh, I remember I was on I was on vacation in Vietnam, and I just had like nonstop migraines because I was literally transferring money out of my personal account to cover the end of the month expenses, and then going back and like trying to do managed services for people to make enough money to get us through the month. And then honestly, like, I don't know what happened. I got just really, really, really tired and burnt out. And I slept for like two days. And then I woke up and decided to change a bunch of our blog posts into landing pages. And it could like change the conversion rates really dramatically. And then like six months later, all the debt was paid off and <laughs> everything was fixed. And then I was so tired. I took a sabbatical for like a year and a half. Uh, but that's probably the moment when it shifted. I don't know if I would say that I then saw it as like, oh, we're going to make it now. It was more just like, and I think during that year and a half, my perspective completely changed on everything business and how I approach it and how I think about it and where it fits into my life. Because 
just wasn't healthy before that. And so now I would say, I guess that I see the work as more of like a continuum through everything else that is happening in my life, both now and in the future. And I'm less, it's still there, but I'm less focused on like a certain outcome or like needing it to be something because mm. uh, that did not lead to a great place. Mm. Yeah. And to Josh's point, like, like he said early on, he was CEO and I actually told him when I wanted to make a decision that I, I don't want to be CTO. I don't want that pressure. I wasn't ready for it. And it felt like a huge responsibility for a company that he wanted to start and the vision he had. And I didn't feel like I cut it. I didn't feel like I was ready for something like that. It was a lot. And so that was a tough conversation. But then when we decided that, um, like he said, the pressure all fell on him. And so there was that moment when he was extremely burnt out and things were hard where we thought by that point over the years, we would be like this big company, you know, you have a dream of being like a big company with tons of money and you don't think like, oh, we're going to be failing and in debt. Like that's not the thing that you want to wish. And so then uh, we didn't have a CTO. We didn't have anyone else who could take the reins. And so that was the moment where I jumped back in and I jumped back in the ring and I told Josh that uh, I want to step up and be like, that CTO. And I stepped in, you know, when he tried to do that, I don't say that to pat myself on the back, but what I say is to people who are co-founding a company um, or starting their own thing is you need to have someone you can rely on (laughs) because in that moment, things would have been done like success or not. Things would have been done because Josh had way too much on his plate. The pressure was all on him and it would have been over. And so, and there's been tons of moments since then and where it's flipped the other way. And Josh and I always laugh about that. It really is kind of like seasons of our business where things are going well and not going well for us personally. And so the other has to step up and take more leadership. And, and, you know, it's kind of this nice relationship where you get to bounce off of each other. And if someone's burnt out, the other one to take a break. And, uh, you know, if the other one's taking a break, the other one can step up and take charge. And so that's been really, really helpful, but that, that was a pretty pivotal moment. I think I don't, you're right. It's kind of unclear of what exactly happened, but there was something where it was kind of this nice merge of everything where I think Josh and I came to a conclusion of what like our working relationship would look like of what the business direction should be. And it all, and, and then it just so happened those blog posts and landing pages that um, we made small tweaks to started, you know, kicking off. So it was kind of a, I like to say it happened at the right time mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the right timing. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think anytime before that, if things had gotten popular, we would have driven ourselves into the ground, right. Of just working. Josh would have worked himself to the bone. I wouldn't have known how to handle any traffic or anything. And mm-hmm. any later we wouldn't have made it. So it really was a nice kind of point where everything just started to fall into place for us, which was great. <sighs> I love that. It just like still comes back to like do the work or the work does you. And it's like, yep. like when, when, the work did you was like when you slept or something, right? Like now I'm going to sleep for two full days. And then I think it's also so interesting because I think your company is so interesting in this, in that, like you just made a couple of tweaks to a, a couple of blog posts or what have you and turn them into like, Oh, let's actually get, I'm guessing like get people to sign up from this blog post. And that, that caused such a huge like shift in the business. Cause I know that your content is like the major driver of traffic, right? 
And like, you're not really using paid ads or anything like that, or at least not right now. So it's just so interesting that like, and I think it might be a lesson for entrepreneurs everywhere that like, you might not be doing the wrong things. It might just be this like slight tweak or getting the right kind of support or taking a break that allows like the flow to happen. It seems like a, a beautiful lesson. I feel like I don't know if you feel like this. I used to have a, like my own business and I felt like it had a nervous system and the business's nervous system was attached to my nervous system. And that like mm-hmm. I, my nervous system could, uh, we were codependent, you know, like, and I don't know if that goes away probably, but there's got to be like, it's so nice to have a partner to be like co-codependent with or co-creative instead of codependent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find a healthier way to manage that relationship, I think. But it is funny what you say about like taking a break. That one resonates big for me because there would be times where Josh would leave to go just take a break for a little bit. And I would be so excited because that means he was giving himself the space he needed to come up with the next awesome idea. So <laughs> yeah. it this thing where I'd be like, oh, wow, Josh is going on a break. I can't wait for him to come back and have like the next great idea for the business. And it was, I think it was because you step away, right? To, you step away. You're not attached to the day-to-day-to-day grind. And you're able to just see things from a different perspective. And it kind of allows you to detach yourself from that nervous system for a little bit of the day-to-day activities and all that negativity and stuff. It's not all negative, but it can be stressful. It's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Can we talk about building the team? And because I know like for Chantel, that was like a big kind of stress. Uh, for me, I used to have like 27 yoga teachers that were underneath me and like eight uh, front desk people, but none of them were full-time like your team, right? So like when and how, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this question, like when and how do you know it's time to take on help? And then how do you find them? If you have anything to give our listeners on that, I'm sure they would eat it up well first of all you do it incorrectly seven times and (laughs) hire people and then part ways so that's advice number one do that Uh, no that's what we did Uh, a couple years ago we met up and we're like this is team number seven to interact and it's really nice that this one is the right one because it's just exhausting to never gets any easier to let somebody go, especially when you feel like it's not even about them. It's like the strategy or the way that you're trying to make things work just didn't turn out. And so that's really tough. I think what we've found around hiring though, is that it comes down a lot more to the person than necessarily their background or skills. Like, I mean, Interact has such an incredible team and everybody has a very different background from each other. Like no one is really that similar on paper. Like we're not a Silicon Valley startup that only recruits from Harvard and Yale and everybody's basically copies of each other. Like very, very different backgrounds, experiences, skill sets, But I think the the through line of all that is that it just ties back to what we value as a company and what we want to be about. And we're very, very quick to say no to people when it has anything to do with being part of our team because we've experienced what happens when 
people don't have the same values. And, you know, like, for example, when it comes to conflict, are you, are you assuming best intent and listening empathetically and trying to understand the other person? Or are you just going to lash out in your anger and storm out of the room? Like, one person doing that can make the entire team not want to be there. And there's uh, Patrick Lenzioni has a bunch of great books about this, like Death by Meeting and other books like that. But yeah, we take it super seriously because we've experienced all versions of people that don't have the same kind of approach to things. And it doesn't even mean that there is something wrong with different approaches like what works at other companies can work at other companies but um, we we kind of know what we're about which i guess ties back to what we've already been talking about which is knowing what we are about as individuals and then as a team and as a collective of people yeah and if i can add to that too i think two really really helpful tips that i was given was one come up with a set of values like like I said, Josh and I, back in school, we were bad at the logistical assignments in our business class. And one of those was come up with your company values and your vision and all those things, right? We were not good at that because it meant you have to sit down and seriously think about what you want your company to be. And we'd rather just try things and be creative and like mess around with the next coolest thing that we thought of. And so when we actually sat down uh, recently, like over the last couple of years and sat down and came up with our like set of values that was so helpful in identifying the type of people that we want on our team. Like all those um, interpersonal things that Josh was talking about, as well as like everyone we've hired, we really value like ownership, like owning your part of the business and really feeling like you have a, you have some skin in the game. Right. And that was big to us and wanting to try things and not being afraid to try things. Um, that was another big one that we talked about. And so that was extremely helpful advice that we got and forced us to really sit down and think about those things. The second one, when it comes to hiring a tip I received was think about the things that you yourself can't do, or like, what should you be doing? What is, what is the things that you can do that no one else can do? What's your own personal secret sauce? Like we hear that word secret sauce, like what's your business's secret sauce, but what's your own personal secret sauce when it comes to what you're doing here at this business and, and what you're building and what are the things that anyone could be doing? And that's been big for me. It's kind of like, what are the things that I give my biggest impact in? And I, I come in and I, I feel valued and I feel like I'm really taking this business to the next level and growing it. And then what are some things that I'm doing, but, you know, it could be filled by someone that I hire who specializes in that area more that could be giving all of their energy to that and could uh, elevate that portion of the business. And so those two things were like extremely helpful when it comes to like thinking about hiring, you really got to do the groundwork and really think about your business, who you want those people to be, what your values are. And then what's your own secret sauce that, you know, you need other people to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those were really, really important. That was super valuable. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that's great advice for sure. I think it's in the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks about zone of brilliance versus zone of genius. And like mm. zone of brilliance is like, yeah, you can do it and you're good at it. You might be really good at it but your zone mm -hmm. of genius is like only you can do it. 
And yeah, that's amazing. And it's actually so confronting and uncomfortable to <laughs> operate in your zone of genius because you have to let go of all those things that you know you're really good at, but you can't you can't do all the things. And bringing mm-hmm. in people who can support that is like such a game changer. But agreed, attitude, values, alignment, that's a way bigger deal than knowing how to do something. Like mm-hmm. people can people can learn and be trained in specifics, mm-hmm. but actually like aligning with with what it is that you care about as a company is you can't you can't train that mm-hmm. into someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the people we've brought on are doing things currently in their role that they were not brought on to. And they've really evolved right. and changed and pivoted. And it's like, I'm pretty confident we could throw them into anything and they would succeed because they fit the profile of like the type of person that we want to work here and the, the values, the um, like the core values that they we, we all share together. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's really important. Yeah. Shout out to your whole team because they are all so amazing or we are all so amazing because we're all working together on stuff all the time. And yeah, like just even from my point, I've seen like pretty much everyone shift, pivot, and then like kill it at the role that they created for themselves, like Mm -hmm. within your company. And that's been really inspiring actually to witness and also to be like a part of, um, Because, yeah, like the things that we're creating together aren't necessarily like, Josh, you have crazy visions and they are amazing. And I love arriving to Slack in the morning and being like, oh, that's neat. (laughs) Yeah, let's see what we can do with that. But I also see like how amazing it is when um, when you empower the people that you're working with to come up with their own ideas. And I don't see you as this like holding tight to everything person. So if you were that before, I would say like, yeah, nice work. Those coaches and all those assessments and all that personal work like has really paid off because from my point of view, it is a lot of like, I have this idea. And then you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, yeah. You're the perfect person to run with it. Like get back to me when you figure it out and and we'll see. And it's just like created really cool stuff. And like, and so, so prolifically just thinking about even just the, the massive library of blog posts that, that you guys have, um, or like help docs or the new course that's coming out soon. It's pretty, um, I I just want to say inspiring. I also think for so many entrepreneurs, the idea of like being told like, nah, this isn't going to work. And then like pushing through because of that could also be really inspiring because I think all of us get told that when we're first starting out or, or any dream, right. Even if it's not a business dream, like any dream that you have, if you share it around, somebody's going to kind of bring you down. And then how do you hold on to that without gripping it and actually create that future that you want? I don't know. Yeah. And I'd love to ask a question for those people who are in that state of self-doubt, not knowing if they have what it takes, they're on their own. I can't even fathom the idea of having a team yet. Cause I know some people listening are in that place and they're wearing all of the hats and potentially they've been at it for a while. Like you guys were. And the expectation of, Oh, after X number of 
months or years, suddenly it's all going to click into place and everything will be amazing. Doesn't happen. Like what advice would you give to that person? It's a big question. So I feel like, I feel like I have have bullet points. I'm like, oh, so many things that so many things. First one is if, and this is something I still have to remind myself of because I mean, I guess it's worth saying because of where we are and the position we're in that like, there are so many days when I don't feel like we're doing well and I get very tied to our growth to this day. I was listening to a podcast with uh, Captain Marvel and she was like, I wake up most days and wish I was somebody else. And I was like, okay, she feels that way. And I guess everybody feels that way. So I think that we create these very tiny boxes for ourselves of what we think we want. And then we forget about all the other things that are life-giving and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And so like for us, you know, Mark, our coach will often remind me when I'm not feeling great about growth, he's like, yeah, but what else are you learning and what other good things are happening? And it's not that it doesn't suck that you're not reaching the goals that you set out for yourself. Cause that's a good thing that you have goals and you're working towards them. But what are those things that you enjoy? And that is actually what I tell people when they ask about the beginning of interact, it's like, I was kind of thinking about interact, but I was mostly thinking about becoming a really good writer, especially like, I mean, there was one point in the early period of our growth where Matt had to finish school because didn't finish school. And then it's like, we should probably finish school. And so there was, we had no engineers. And so I was like, well, what am I going to do for like a few months? And so I just was like, well, I guess I'll get better at writing. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the origin of some of that content that has led to some of the growth. So I think there's always things that you can learn that mm-hmm. may not be what you set out for yourself. And then the other bullet point is just being really aware of how the business and the work is impacting you. And if it's sustainably making your life worse, then probably a good time to think about why that's happening. And if there's adjustments that you can make and like now my coaches are really good about not giving me a black and white thinking where it's either like, well, quit or do something, you know, quit or double down. It's like, well, what else can we think about? What if you change the structure of your days? Maybe you work four days. Maybe you work at different times. Maybe you focus on things that you enjoy. And so I think that it gets so often narrowed down to like, am I on this track or not? But what the heck is the track anyways? Like the track is different for each person. And the more that I think you can really find things that are enjoyable and that are fulfilling and focus on those and stay present to those. Because the other thing that I see in myself that I guarantee if we're honest with ourselves, most of us do is we spend a lot of time worrying about the future or fretting over the past. And the more time that we spend actually staying present and working on the things that are meaningful, regardless of the outcome, then the outcome no longer becomes important. But at the same time, what often usually happens is the outcome ends up being more positive than if you were obsessing over it all the time. Yeah. And I think uh, to tack on to that, I mean, Josh, I think you're spot on with, with those things. And there's also this element we've been discussing recently, Josh, you and I, about 
not being afraid to take chances like in those moments like you might be sitting there you're running your own business or your own website or whatever it is and you once you have something to lose you're kind of afraid to take that next gamble or that next step or take that next chance and we've done that many 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 times and when we did it early on it was really easy we didn't have any employees. It was just Josh and I. We didn't have any income. It was just Josh and I <laughs> making no money together, actually losing money, going into debt together. And that was what it was. And it was very easy to take chances, right? Lay everything on the line. There was moments later on over the years where you start being like, oh, well, now I have employees or now I have customers or now I have whatever that thing is for you. Now I have email subscribers, whatever it is. And you become afraid and you get really scared and you get stuck in the same cycle. And that can be really hard when you start thinking ahead, you start getting scared to take that next step. And the only times we've grown is when we've kind of realized that we were just kind of spinning and just did something new. We had to just take a chance. Don't worry if it works. Don't worry if it breaks. Don't worry if it's a total failure, like do it. Um, And so we've talked about failing a lot and realizing that in those moments when we've just been not afraid to just do something completely different or like change something that we didn't never want to change and get over that fear and overcome that. Like that is when really interesting things started to happen and they weren't all successes. A lot of times it did fail, but it was really great to get out of that rut of just being in the same place. Um, So that's another big one. And then also uh, Shanti for, for your question, like, that hasn't changed for me yet. Um, I still wear a ton of different hats every single day. I try to fulfill as many roles and get hire people to bring them on to do different things. But at the end of the day, it's constantly changing and I'm still wearing the hats just keep changing. I just keep passing off hats and then I take a new one on and that doesn't change. So I think to understand that too, that it's kind of an ongoing an ongoing cycle with what hat you're wearing that day. And you try to get off as much hats as you can and as you grow. But at the end of the day, you're picking up way more hats and it's just a new obstacle and a new obstacle and a new obstacle. So yeah, I think those are just some thoughts that I had around, around that idea. Mm. Um, so good. Well, both of those responses were so rich. And I think like at least enjoy the process because the challenges are not going to go away is Mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm hearing. Like, make sure this is something that you can be present with and actually get a sense of fulfillment out of a lot. I think a lot of, a lot of people are like, no, it's all about the end goal. But Mm -hmm. even when you hit that end goal, like there's still, still challenges. There's still issues. I definitely have struggled with that, like black and white thinking. And Don knows, like, there are some days where I'm like, I could have a dairy farm, legit. We can just have a few cows, sell raw milk, and and never open a laptop again. <laughs> and then the next day, it's like, oh, I mean, it's all good. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's, I mean, that's like the the hard thing about hard things book. It's like absolute elation or miserable agony. And that's the reality of running a company. And I think something that can be comforting, hopefully not disappointing if you are in that early stage is that it doesn't change. Like 
It's the upward spiral. Like you do move upwards. Some things get better. Like you don't have to eat ramen and you can afford a real apartment and stuff like that. But you end up dealing with the same problems and it kind of just continues to spiral, but upwards because it gets better over time. And so I think it can take some of the pressure off of like, oh, I need to get to a point where this just feels good all the time. The reality is that that is not the case and that is never the case. And that's like Jim Carrey's thing. Like, I wish everybody was rich and famous so you can realize that being rich and famous doesn't fix anything. Yeah, yeah, totally. I feel like this is going to be like an uplifting, but also like maybe like, oh, like, like that idea that like, oh, I'll hit a point and I won't be dealing with imposter syndrome or I'll hit a point and there'll be enough money coming in and I won't have to stress about that anymore. And the idea that like not necessarily let the problems get bigger as as the solutions get bigger, but that like, I, I guess we just keep meeting ourselves, right? And, Mm -hmm. and that when we do solve a problem, it introduces another one. It makes me think of that. Like, what was it? What shrimp are you? Is that what the red lobster quiz was? They're like, oh, we really probably just need like a big company. And then it's like, okay, we have a big company. It's a silly quiz. And Matt's like up all day, every day and night, like fixing the platform because it work crashes really every two know. seconds yeah like am i, I garlic to know shrimp? what shrimp i am i just need to know <laughs> my coconut shrimp like <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty short i've often been called shrimp but i have wanted to do that quiz because i've seen like like the like a picture of it in a blog post or something right um, I think you're coconut shrimp for oh, the record. Thank you. Deep fried <laughs> is always better. That's definitely a compliment. <laughs> That's definitely a compliment. Butterfly yeah. coconut yeah. shrimp. <laughs> but to your point, Don, Don, you're so right because it, it is kind of this funny middle ground where you're like, oh, great. I just have to do X, Y, Z and then I'm going to be happy and successful and everything's going to work out in my business and I won't have to deal with any of these problems anymore and I'll have all these people working for me doesn't happen. Or if it does, I haven't, I haven't reached that point. (laughs) That could be the case. (laughs) Um, but every single time I've been like, Oh, I just need this. It's like, I get that introduces more problems. And so there, there really is something there to like Josh say, there's not tying your personal happiness and your personal worth and value and Mm -hmm. all the thoughts of your day on the success of whether those things pan out or not is one thing. And then also just seeing things as like challenges to learn. Like I, I really had to shift my thinking in that area. I was seeing everything that was new as scary and like, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know who I needed to do this. And it was so overwhelming. I thought of all back to my personality. I was thinking of all the worst case scenarios with doing this new thing or taking on this new challenge. I really had to shift it and be like, wait a second, this is a challenge. It's like a puzzle. I can try to learn and try something and see if it works. And like, that is way more gratifying personally than tying it to if it worked or not, or if, mm-hmm. if it panned out the way I thought it would and measure myself to these like standards that I make in my head of whether it was a success or failure. I don't think that's healthy. I think it's, it's more about just shifting the way you view those hard things that you're going through, um, in your business. Yeah. Hmm. I also feel like I've been hearing you talk a lot about like the support you get with your coach, with each other. And it 
not that I've like memorized your words or anything, Josh, but I think in that quiz course that will come out soon, right at the beginning, you said this thing, like get a team of champions to cheer you on. And that like really resonates with me, like in all ways, whether it's like, I don't know, going for a long cross country ski or a run or like, yeah, writing a really big email sequence or even the idea of like, trying out a business idea that you never imagined possible or what have you just having the some support (laughs) some support of people around you seems to make such a big difference to being able to maybe it's just like do the work but with a friend there yeah and there's so many levels to that too you know like within our team interact one of our values right is we are all better off when we elevate each other and we, we pick out the good things about each other and we raise those up and that's a way of boosting. And then, you know, in the professional setting, like, you know, we have our in-house coach, Mark, who coaches a lot of people on the interact team and, you know, comes to our offsites and facilitates like interpersonal stuff so that we can do that. And then, you know, I have other coaches outside of that in professional settings, you know, making time for close friends. And then like my partner who was super supportive with all of this stuff too. It's like, it takes an entire, you know, I read this book uh, or maybe it was a book, but there's this idea that we used to have so many connections to where if something went poorly in your day, you know, you would tell five people who could sit and listen by the time you got home. And then by the time you get home, like maybe you mention it to your partner or if you you know live on your own, like it's just not really a big thing on your mind. Whereas now that number is cut down to like 1.3 or something. Like people don't have connections anymore. And we've, we've become more connected technically maybe on the internet or whatever, but like we have way less people that we can talk to about things that are hard. And it's kind of that social diffusion net where it's like when something is hard, it can calm your mind down just to express that it's hard in the company of other people who listen empathetically and don't just give you an answer or like tell you what to do, but they just sit and listen. And so that, I mean, it makes such a big difference. Like all those years I was toiling away on my own had hardly anybody to talk through. I mean, I think that was one of the things that's really powerful about Mark, our coach, is that he was there during that time. And, you know, he'll reflect back on it. It's like three years in a row, man, every week, you just came in complaining about the numbers. Uh, But, you know, you didn't give up. And I think having those people that aren't going to give up on you, even when it seems like you're stuck or you just keep circling around the same problems over and over again, that is incredibly powerful. Hmm. I think it's one thing when you try something to be like, Oh, this, this thing I'm trying might not work out the way I think it will, but it's a whole other scary thing. When you say this thing I'm going to do, if it doesn't work, I'm going to let down a bunch of people. And you think that there's going to be this negative backlash from people you work with or people, other people in your life. Like that's a whole heavier thing, right? When you bring other people into it and a team into it. So I think knowing that you have people around you who, like Josh said, aren't going to go away if you mess up or fail or the email sequence you're working, like just doesn't 
go well or bring in the amount of people you thought it would, that would be a heavy thing. That would be a life or death situation. Like your relationships are on the line, but have a group of people where it's like, Hey, we are going to celebrate your wins. And we're also going to be there for you if it doesn't work out, like, and we're not going anywhere. And like, Mm -hmm. that is huge. Like that changes the game in a team. And I think it really helps to really get to try to know each other. And like Josh has mentioned a couple of times, doing work on interpersonal dynamics and how we work as a team and what everyone's strengths are. Because once you understand someone, you're very much able to kind of start knowing when they might need to be picked up a little bit and lifted up and when they need help. And then also know when they need the biggest kudos of like, you know, cheering them on, like you said, cheerleaders. So Mm. yeah, really, really important stuff. Yeah. So the biggest mistake I ever made in my working life was when I accidentally sent that email out to 70,000 people in June and I freaked out. Like I was like sitting right here, like crying. And I was like, Matt, something has happened. And he was like, oh, we make so many mistakes. It's okay. And I was like, I got to fix it. I drove to Chantel's farm. I was like, oh my God, Interact is going to be so mad. And it took a bit for him to get back to me because I was working in the evening. And so I just want to say like having experienced that, yeah, that was like a really magical moment for me where I was like, oh, you're not going to fire me right now. Okay. I'll try. What do you think we should do i don't want to ever touch this software ever again (laughs) like please don't make me send an email so i just want to say thank you uh for that and for all of the mistakes you made before i got to that place because that was like and i made a lot of mistakes in my life but that was definitely like business wise i was like oh (laughs) like how is there even this many people (laughs) yeah and i think what was I mean, I don't want to make light of it, but what was funny from my side or really sad was hearing how much it was affecting you. And that was really sad from my side to like hear because it was like, oh, it in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a mistake. Like I literally have made way worse where I shut down the whole website for like days. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, you send an email to people like, okay, whatever. And then I told Josh and he's like, okay. (laughs) like, like, okay. Like it's not a big deal. And so it's sad. And so knowing that was, yeah, was just gave me insight into how you work and how, you know, you respond to situations and willing to make it up and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it it really does take a failure to like, (laughs) like see other failures and be like, Oh, okay. Like I know exactly. I think I know what they're feeling right now. Like they let everyone down. I think I know they all this. And so you can kind of get a lot of empathy in that range. So yeah, it's sad that you, it it impacted you, but if you could see kind of two screens, one half being your reaction and then our reaction, it was a vast difference in the, Oh, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) She, she did what? Uh, yeah, whatever. And I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> Luckily, you were so on top of it. You got back to me within a couple hours. And like, we were like, hey, write a story email. Shanti's, I was like, I can't. <laughs> Shanti's like, okay, Dawn, say these things. I was like outside on her porch. She had her kids there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty fun. So thank you. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. And these people speak oh, yeah. truth. I have experienced it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, so now that you are totally in love with Josh and that and all of Interact, please tell us what mm-hmm. what's next? What's on the horizon? What are you guys super excited about? Where can people find you and learn more if they want to 
create a quiz using this amazing platform. And uh, I think that's enough questions in one question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to jump in because I love doing the what's next things. Because something that we've had on our mind since the beginning, and it's like it only takes 10 years to do cool things. So now I think we're going to do it pretty soon is basically making the entire process of building a quiz into a quiz. And we're starting to chip away at it where it's like, we can ask you these things and that will help us know what to put into your quiz so that it's made. And like you guys are working on a big part of that with all the templates that are coming out. And then in the future, everything will be templates. And then we'll use other inputs and ask you questions to figure out like what type of quiz you should have, how it should all work, how the flow goes, because we did this study at the end of last year, and we haven't really put this out very much anywhere, but the average conversion rate on a quiz is 40.5%, which is crazy high, which means if you start a quiz, then 40% of people opt in on the quiz. But as everybody knows, it takes a lot of time to make a quiz. You got to think about all these parts. So we want to make that all into a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's very exciting because I think it we can get it to a point where it's actually a conversation. Not only does it work really well, but then it will be like fun to make a quiz. Cause you're like, Ooh, what do I want to answer this question? And then it like populates in and then the next thing populates in. And then it's just like, Oh, I guess I'm done now. And I'll launch this. So that is the grand scheming vision for interact. Yeah. And here's all the worst case scenarios with that. I'll <laughs> list them up. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> uh, yes. Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, I was hoping. I love would. that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. It's like interactive marketing to the next level. And And we know there's like so many other really amazing things happening. Dawn mentioned the quiz community that she has been so instrumental in creating alongside Jackie and Josh and like so many team members involved on that. And it's really cool. You guys, you can, you can join quiz coaching, get supported all the way through start to finish and then be in this really wonderful community that's not on Facebook, which like, that's a big deal. And this new course that's coming out soon, the free free course on how to create a quiz. Mm-hmm. So that's all been updated. So hopefully by the time, well, I don't know if by the time this episode comes out, if it'll be live, but so close, close. So keep an eye out for that. Where can people find you? Not on the internet. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. <laughs> we really go on the internet that much. I guess sometimes I'm on LinkedIn, but not that often. Um, do you go on the internet, Matt? I am not on the internet. Yeah. Um, you can check out our website, try and yeah, look at our website. Yeah, make a oh. quiz. Yeah. If you go and the community is for paid indirect people, but if you go in the community, you can see my favorite video of 2021, which is Matt's I of the Tiger intro to himself. I think that's where you can go to see that. Yeah. I, I want a, like 
<laughs> I want to put that everywhere, but I understand it only lives right there. You know, royalties for Eye of the Tiger <laughs> or what have you. That's a good um, teaser, actually. If you want to find me on the internet, you can go to the community and find a, a yes. video of me there intro, introducing myself to all the members there. And uh, you, you'll understand why I have a say I have a theater background. Yeah. <laughs> Very theatrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and when Franzine, the gal we work with at Interact for Mostly Designing, pushes Josh to post on LinkedIn, you can find him there as well, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I have been writing on the Interact blog, which mm-hmm. is kind of under the radar. I don't really tell anybody that I'm doing that. I just do it because I like writing. So I guess you can, you can read that too. And those have been great. I'll vouch for them. Amazing. Well, we will put all of those links in the show notes. And thank you both so much for joining us today and this incredible conversation. I know so many people will benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Thanks yeah. for having us. And yeah, thank you thanks. For the work. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Work you do in the world, humanizing marketing, like actually maybe one of the most worthwhile things there is going on right now since the whole world is marketing. It's true. It's not wrong. Awesome. Not wrong. Whoa, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.